Hi, this is James Mercer from The Shins. This is Shirley Manson. This is Lowe Tolhurst, co-founder of The Cure. This is Huey Lewis giving you the story behind the song. The story behind the song is back with an exciting second season. We peel back the layers on music's most iconic hits with legendary artists like The Killers, Heart, The B-52s, Violent Femmes, Jewel, Huey Lewis, Modern English, and more. To keep the music flowing, we'll be sprinkling in classic episodes from our archives between each new one. So check out the story behind the song wherever you get your podcast. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Consequence Podcast Network. Welcome to another edition of Kyle Meredith with the interview series presented by WFPK at WFPK.org. Consequence and the Consequence Podcast Network. Thank you so much for uh, making your way here, checking out the series. Uh, hopefully you hit the subscribe button so you can keep up with all the interviews that I put out uh, every single week. A new one every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Three interviews to keep you up to date on your favorite artists and discover some new ones. iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Acast, Podchaser, NPR, or YouTube for the video versions or anywhere where you get your podcasts from. I'm Kyle Meredith. Today, my guest, Stone Temple Pilots bassist and uh, lead songwriter Robert DeLeo. It's the 25th anniversary of the band's third album, Tiny Music, Songs from the Vatican Gift Shop. This is my favorite STP record, so I'm very excited to be diving into the history of this one. Uh, we're going to hear about, uh, well, the environment that led the band to exploring some new sounds that included bossa nova, jazz, glam, and the musical conversation that happens between uh, uh, Robert and his brother Dean DeLeo. Uh, there's also on the deluxe edition of this album a, a live concert from MTV Spring Break, so I want to hear about that. And uh, in fact, he tells us uh, about the food poisoning that he received after the show. Uh, we're also going to get into, of course, talking about the late Scott Weiland, uh, his talent as a singer, as a poet, and the direction that he was coming from on this set. And then we'll skip into, uh, well, well, we'll jump into the present, really. Uh, uh, the band continued their sonic exploration on last year's acoustic album, uh, Perdita. And they've got a show coming up at Sturgis, so uh, we'll hear a little bit about that as well. So let's do this, talking about the 25th anniversary deluxe edition of Tiny Music Songs from the Vatican Gift Shop. It's Kyle Meredith with Stone Temple Pilots' Robert DeLeo. How are you? Pleasure to see you on here as we talk about the 25th anniversary of If I've Got to Pick a Favorite STP Record. This has always been mine. It's it's. It seems like for the longest time, it was the weird little gem of the group. But uh, after all this time, I, it seems like the reviews are finally coming around to it. Is that what you're sensing? Well, you know, I don't read the reviews, but uh, I, I I do still f feel fond of the music. You know, yeah. that's what always matters. Yeah, it, it is interesting because I remember, you know, when it came out, how, how people sort of reacted to it. Like, this is different. This is this is yeah. not. But it. 
it's funny because I feel like there was also something in the air and I'm sure each artist, each band had their own reason for adjusting their sound. I was just talking with Jeff from Pearl Jam. They did No Code, which was their weird album at the time that band live had sort of put out their weird album all in the same year. You know, it was coming around like that. What was it for you all? What what kind of pushed you all in this direction to go against, you know, where you had come from on the previous two records? You know, I, I think I think between the four of us, we have so many different uh, uh, inspirations and, and, and things in music that we love, things about music that we love. And, uh, you know, I think that it was just time for that to maybe come out. Um, and it also could have been the, uh, the, the environment we were in. We rented a big house out in what's called the Santa Inez Valley out here up in the Santa Barbara area. And uh, that could have had a lot, of, lot to do with the freedom of kind of, um, let's put it this way, instead of driving through traffic to a studio in North Hollywood, a lot more freedom to kind of express yourself because you were waking up there and it was, it was a, it was a beautiful house on a hundred acres and it's just the environment that we were in. Uh, it, it enabled us to kind of open our creative minds a little bit more. And uh, that was a big part of, you know, I know for me personally writing, it was a big, big part of trying to express what my influences were. And, and uh, you know, I think it was just time for us to do that. We were all open to it. And for you, especially, I mean, you finally get to lean in to a bossa nova, to jazz, to a certain degree, which you've talked, you talked about then and you've talked about recently about, you know, that, that's always been a big love of yours. Where did that come from? Where, where did your background in both of those musics uh, come from and start at? Well, um, I'm old enough now to uh, <laughs> have, have, have heard those records, you know, um, from, from older people. Um, you know, back in the 70s, there were so many variety shows and, and things that came into play that uh, influenced music. And at a young age, I don't think there was any way around not getting inspired by those things, whether it be Burt Bach, Glenn Campbell, or, you know, people, people that really uh, wrote great music and performed great music. That was kind of the thing. The bossa nova thing has always been a, a, it's always been in my blood since I was little from those records and hearing those records firsthand. So when you've got to marry that to the big rock sound, uh, there was definitely some glam things going on here. I mean, it, to a sense, it sounds like it just came so natural in the, in the final, but, but is there a trick to kind of pulling that in and saying what it does? I mean, obviously we have some very definitive moments you know, right from the beginning, whether it's press play or, or, or further on, but it does seem like when, when the two came together, it, it felt seamless to me. Yeah, you know, we, once again, it's those records we grew up on, you know, it was, uh, people were exploring different sonic territories and different avenues. And, and you know, we, we always wanted to be that band. You know, I think it was of uh, having people digest what you were throwing at them. You know, and I think um, as time went along, uh, I think it was time to kind of throw those things sonically at people and, and see where that would go. Um, we, were, we were always just up for, you know, let's try this, let's do this, let's do this, and always sonically open to stuff. There's so many great moments that happen in there because of what you're talking about, like that trumpet and adhesive 
is so perfect. You know, uh, even when I listen back to it now, it is so perfect. It, it is, isn't it? It was played so well. And I always wanted a song that could have a trumpet solo from my jazz, you know, from Miles, from mm-hmm. Paul Desmond to Stan Getz to, to all these things that I wanted to incorporate into our music. Yeah, when you have that stuff though, like as we know, historically, as we look back, you didn't get to do the full tour of these songs. You know, I, I don't think they ever got to live their full life in that moment uh, at that yeah. time or anything like that. But I mean, for what you did get to play and for whatever dreams you had for these songs, those moments like that, were they to be incorporated? Were you all able to, to kind of, did you want to pull off this bigger sound as you took it on the road? Well, I think there is a difference between what is live and what is recorded. And, you know, I, I think I think the goal there is to make those recorded songs the best they can sound live. Um, sometimes all the songs that you do don't turn out that way. So um, we've done adhesive. You know, it's just a matter of, um, you know, if you want the whole thing there. I mean, taking a trumpet player out on the road. I, I Just I for one song. <laughs> yeah, one song. I mean... You know, I was, I, you know, it just, it doesn't make sense. So some songs we just kind of left alone, others we would do. And it's a matter of which ones really come across live the best, which yeah. ones those are. And we should point out with this uh, deluxe edition of, uh, of Tiny Music that, that's, uh, that's coming out, there is a live show included. Um, you get some stuff on there from uh, the MTV Spring Break yes. days, uh, so, uh, a bizarre bygone era of uh, MTV yeah. Spring Breaks. What do you remember from, from that little episode? Uh, I remember that night well. Personally, I remember that night well. I ate bad crawfish after the show. Oh no. And uh, we went back and the whole flight back from Florida to Los Angeles was were numerous things coming out of me from both ends. So oh, that's geez. what I remember from that night. I actually got parasites that night. Um, so that's how I ended that show. But it was a great show. Um, had a lot of fun. And, you know, those moments are, you know, always, always like a small vacation, you know, when you get to play in front of people. So I always, I always uh, have a great time doing shows like that. I love that, you know, when we think of bands on the MTV stage, especially in the heydays of, uh, you know, 90s, 80s and all that stuff, you really do think of the big rock star moments. You don't hear exactly about that part of it all. <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't rock star at all. No, no, not at all. Not at all. Compliments, you know, for songs I've heard a million times, I I was trying to separate myself as I go back and listen to them this time. Tripping on a hole in a paper heart is so fun. What you're doing on the fretboard, it's like Entwistle style, you know, playful. I don't know. And I guess, do you have musical touch points? I mean, it, it is one of those broad questions. How do you make something like that? Because what it ends up being, what what I hear STP you know, it's like you're a dual lead band, you know, what you're doing, what Dean's doing. I mean, you're both doing leads half the time. Yeah. Well, we, we, we've learned very well when to talk musically and when not to talk. So that's a brotherly thing. We've, we've figured out from an, from an early age. Um, so yeah, that's, that's interesting. You point that out. It kind of, um, you know, as a guitar player, Dean likes to say as much as he can say, and, but he knows when to hold back. And, and that's, that's, that's a musical respect for each other. Yeah. And that's, that's what I love about being in a band with my brother. You know, on, on the other side, what, um, you know, Scott did talk a lot about Bowie being the, the big inspiration for him going in on the lyrics uh, on this as well. 
obviously he's not here to speak uh, about it himself. Like, like, where do you think his head was at at the moment? Uh, you know, what he was, and, and, and I'm not exactly saying lyrically, because I think we all know that part of the story, but, but what he was kind of trying to pull off as the, you know, as the singer. You know, Scott was a great singer. And uh, I think what he was also was a great poet. He really, his imagery and his wording was, was, was always amazing, always amazing. Um, very personal, very personal. And there's some songs that he wrote about that I don't really even know what he was writing about or trying to express. Um, there was a lot of turmoil uh, in, in, in this record, especially, um, and it shows, it shows on, on, on these songs. Um, but I always, I always appreciated him as a singer as well as a poet. Yeah, and I always thought, much like with what you all were split in time with talk show and eventually would become the, uh, the talk show album, I always felt like this is the record that that did lead perfectly into that solo record that he did with uh, with Twelve Bar Blues. I mean, yeah. it it just yeah. seems like this was all sort of the same musical language that that you all yes. were a part of. And how interesting for you all to uh, to be splitting that. You know, I, I've heard you talk about like just cutting the songs down the middle and half of them go to this one and half of them go to this one. I mean, that's got to be an interesting way to kind of dole them out and and just make records. Yeah, I guess I look back at that and think it was. Uh a time for us to really be, it was, a, it was a very musical time. I mean, being on the road for so long through those two, three years together, you kind of want to get back to uh, what you have personally inside and, and start expressing that again and expressing it with the people that when you have time away, you miss. And it, it, it really is an expression that you can't express with anyone else in your life. It's such a personal thing. And I look back at that. What really, what really captures me is, is 27 years later, 26 years later, 25 years later. 25 years, right, yeah. That we're, you know, that we're still playing these songs and they still captivate me and bring me back to that place where I first wrote them, where I first played them, where we first recorded them, where, you know, and that's the beauty of music. It really yeah. is. So you want to be a rock and roll star? No? Well, how about a podcast star? Well, as it turns out, there's a new all-in-one platform just for you. It's called Anchor, and it's the easiest way to make a podcast. And check this out. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. And then Anchor will distribute the podcast for you. So it can be heard on Spotify and Apple Podcast and, you know, everywhere else in, uh, in podcast land. And what's even better, you can actually make money from your podcast. Go figure. Uh, no minimum listenership on that. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So go ahead, download the free Anchor app right now or go to anchor.fm to get started. So what are you waiting for? Podcast stardom is within your reach. And, and, and what you all done, I mean, it's such a great story. I feel like we're going to be seeing some of this story. We've heard about a, a biography being out there. Are you involved in that? Does it tell the story of the band? Is yeah. it is it any part of that? I have no idea what that is. Okay. Yeah, but no, not involved with it. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, it's hell of a career that could be told in a movie. I'll put it that way. <laughs> what what you all have done uh, from there? The the talk show side of things. Um, you know, I, I know that was the lesser you know heard. Uh, it was a super cool record in itself. Do you find that that get its moment of celebration in, in any of this at this time period? Uh, you know, I think about all the music we've written, but right now it's time for 
Tiny Music and SDP. Uh, yeah. Talk Show is always, you know, I love that record. I love that record. It was, a, it was an important part of expression for the three of us, Dean and Eric and myself, for, in that point in time. Um, and it needed to happen when I look back at it. Definitely yeah. needed to happen. Yeah, well, even, even the single Hello, Hello, it's something I find myself humming all the time. I mean, ah. it's a great song, you know? It's just, it's still stuck in my head somewhere in there. Yeah. So it's... Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> kind of goes along with that. I, that. That's also the obvious point here. You know, that does bring us back into the present. Uh, we got a record last year. It's interesting, the parallels that I can draw, because here with uh, STP's most recent record, this acoustic based record finds you all once again, stretching to find new sonic territory. Yeah. And once again, not being able to tour it <laughs> in yeah. the same way. Yeah. What, how, like, how does that record feel right now? Because again, here's something that went out into the world and then was suddenly like, okay. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, we were just having fun with, with, with uh, writing acoustically. I mean, all of my songs pretty much start from acoustic guitar. They start from that standpoint. So to be able to follow that through and actually continue that journey acoustically, you know, it's challenging. It's kind of like pulling your pants down, you know? And uh, I think, it was time for that, you know, to, to, I'm, I'm really proud of Jeff. Uh, Jeff really handled himself well on this record. Uh, yeah, I've had, lyrically and everything. Yeah. I've had him on this show before and uh, was just so impressed with his headspace and, and where, how he's inserted himself or, or became, you know, part of the family and the band and everything. It's just um, all props to him too. Yeah. Definitely. So, so does, you know, when you, when you finally get back on the road, does that album become the focus? Were you all able to say, okay, let's just keep going, you know, with what we're writing and recording here? Does it become something else? You know, I think we're just ready to go out. Our first show coming up is out, actually out at Sturgis. So it's, oh, really? uh, what a way to come back and get your yayas out by playing to a bunch of bikers. <laughs> so, it, you know, it's going to feel good. I know it is because we're, we're all itching to play. Um, it's, it's been too long and it's been so, so long to the point where I kind of forget what I, what I, what I do. <laughs> I'm sitting here trying to look fancy, but I have my pajamas bottoms on, to be honest with you. So, nice. Yeah. So I think everybody understands that we've all done it once or twice, yeah. at least in the past year. So it's a, it's a, it's like a fine mullet. It's a party on the top and <laughs> <laughs> work on the bottom. There's got to be an extra metaphor that goes along with that at some point. It's something, something to go along with that. Uh, I, I, I love what you do. I've been such a fan for, I think, the whole run, at least uh, pretty early on in there. Um, and, and again, with Tiny Music and this deluxe edition, I'm, I'm so happy that this record is finally getting celebrated in the way that I always felt it should have been. And, uh, and what you all continue to do. Uh, thank you so much for continuing. And, and, and do thank you so much for taking the time to talk about oh, it. Oh, man, thank you for having me. Yeah. Really appreciate it. It's been a real pleasure, and uh, and we'll see you soon on the road. Sounds great. Hope to see you soon, man. Thank you so much. Now, I'm also going to include an interview I had with uh, Jeff Gutz, who took over as lead singer of Stone Temple Pilots in November of, uh, of 2017. In this interview here that we recorded back in 2018, we get to talk about the, uh, the self-titled Stone Temple Pilots record that had just came out, what it was like stepping into a band with so much history, what he learned from Scott Weiland, and the stories behind songs like Meadow and Red and Blues. This is part two of Kyle Meredith with Stone Temple Pilots. 
How's it going, Kyle? Well, congratulations on this record making it out into the world. It seems like one of those against all odds. Thank you so much. I appreciate it, man. It's been a, it's been a long journey on, on my behalf, you know. Of, uh, trying, and it's the first time I've had a record come out on a major label, you know, and it happens to be with Stone Temple Pilots. So <laughs> it's a long journey, but I made it. Well, let's, let's start with there. I mean, being the new guy in a band with so much history and so much history with, with the front men, you know, that went along with it. How, what was, what, what experience, what, what has that experience been like for you? You know what, it's, to me, it's, it's, it's kind of different because I, 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 you know, it's to me, it's more of a relationship with the guys in the band and it was a real long process of getting to know each other and, and getting comfortable with each other. And cause it, that, to us, that was, that was just as important as what I bring to the table musically and stuff. It was a long process. It, it, and part of making the record was part of that process as well. So um, it was just—it was really an organic thing that that really worked. So I don't really—I don't really think about all that stuff all that much. You know, I just try to do what I can. You know, control what I can and let the rest uh, handle itself. And when you got when, when the conversation started, did you go straight in on this, or was there ever any of that concern? Like, you know, what am I the guy to fill this spot? Um, you know, I just, you know, because I love SCT so much and it meant so much to me as a musician, you know, and throughout my process, along with other bands too, you know, but uh, they were definitely, you know, one of those bands that, that influenced me and that I looked up to, you know, a lot. And so I, I just wanted to continue their journey, you know, like uh, for them, you know, I feel like they deserved it. You know, I wanted to do it for them, you know, as much as anything else, more than myself, even, you know, I'm really there for them. And I want them to continue on this journey and, and continue, you know, the growth of the, of the process and want them to finish it out strong. I've been thinking in people, you know, of, of other artists in similar positions than you and, you know, you on the critic side, there's always comes along with some skepticism on the fan side. Uh, there's some skepticism, Absolutely. but no one ever talks about you know the guys, the other guys in whatever the band is. And you know, we're talking about Stone Temple Pilots specifically here, but but there's been similar stories that you know they were all part of all of those songs. It's their career as much as anyone else. And and what you said, you know, continuing that. And I know there's a lot of weight yeah. on the on the past but also to continue making new music i guess yeah yeah and you know and it, and it was their decision at the end of the day you know it's not like i decided to continue stone temple pilots you know like but the, the fact that they're good they want to do that like and they hadn't found the guy yet and so uh, like when i i was overseas when they started their whole search and when i got back you know they still hadn't found anyone i was like man these guys these guys need me you know what i mean <laughs> so i was like you know it's kind of what i thought to myself you know because i'm like i can do that you know if they're, if they're gonna do it you know and I, you know, it was important to me that it was done right too. You know, so I was like, as a fan, you know, um, that's why I, that's why I understand the people in back with their arms crossed. You know, because I would have been one of those people. You know, <laughs> but uh, I just felt like I, you know, so I, all those all those things went into went into like making the record and how to approach the stage and you know all those things went into that. You know, at the end of the day, I'm just trying to feel the music and be free as free as possible because um, that's the thing that I learned most from Scott was and that I envied the most was his he was he was just so brave and, and free you know like mm-hmm. he just you know like, like there was no fear I envy that in him so um, I, that's I try to bring that how did the writing go for you were, were these uh, some of these songs already put together when you came in or, or were you guys able to jam around and write from scratch <sighs> Yeah, well, yeah, we did both actually, because um, when, like I said before, like during my audition process, it was a lot, you know, it was a year long. You know, at one point after, you know, we jammed together a few times in, in a room live, like, you know, we went into the studio because they wanted to see if I could write songs. So I still had, I still didn't have the gig, you know. And we went in and they had, they had like, a, they had a few that were already recorded that they just had the music to. 
so I just kind of sang over them and made up melodies and and some of those melodies are the same ones that are on the record. Most of them are actually. I mean, I went back and worked on lyrics and all that. But um, yeah, I did. I went in the first day and just busted out as many as I could. And and it was just about you know letting the music speak to me and really letting that dictate what I did because um, that's something you know that I learned from Scott too. You know, like uh, he would he would um, you know use his influences to cater each song and and create a character. It was still him, but you could you could sense like uh, some Bowie or some. Iggy or some Morrison or, you know, whatever it was, you know, uh, when you look back now, you know, and, and that was something that I definitely learned from him. And uh, I try to incorporate that as well, because I, I do that myself on my own records that I was recording before all this happened. Yeah, there's, uh, of course, sort of fun to look at uh, some of the lyrics and try to find the uh, the breadcrumbs, I guess. And I, I don't know if these moments are speaking directly <laughs> to this situation, but, it, you know, it's hard not to see it because like in Meadow, which, by the way, I mean, this sounds like one of Stone Temple Pilots' greatest hits. It, it really does, that song. Thank it's, you. Yeah. There's that line that's that says... important to me. <laughs> yeah. It says, sing a song, make it long, all I need is a chance. And, and then I'll go ahead to yeah. Guilty, where it's, I got lost there along the way, uh, I let go to come back again. I don't know if those are speaking to this situation, but it's, it's easy to kind of... If not, then repurpose it that way. Yeah, and I, you know what, you know what the best thing is is, is leaving it open to interpretation too, because I feel like if people can relate it to something that's more personal to them, that it it has way more power than any story that I could ever tell. You know what I mean? But and and there are things in there. You know what I mean? Those those songs are, are I'm, I'm very proud of them because they're, they're uh, lyrically they're a lot deeper than people probably realize on on the surface. You know, which is kind of like goes into why you know the the album cover is like you look at it you see a butterfly but if you keep looking you see other things you know what i mean and, and it's kind of the same concept there and i mean self-titling that album too is sort of a bold move but that was probably the only option I don't know if there was many conversations with that. Yeah, there, there really wasn't. Like we were, I mean, I think it, it just goes into more of that, you know. It just goes into like just letting the music just kind of speak for itself. Uh, other than that, we probably just ran out of ideas. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'll ask about one more song too, because Red and Blues finally gives that acoustic turn that STP, you know, has slipped in and out of their career uh, well, all yeah. through their back catalog. I, I, I tried just not to do too much on that song because I feel like the musicality in that song is so amazing that like that's why that whole solo outro I was you know of course I was thinking like should there should there be something going on there and I was just like you know what no <laughs> no just let you know let it let it let it fade off and let it let let Dean take the wheel and and see it through at the end there you know what I mean the older songs. What do you bring to the older songs? Do you try to, is it sort of like covering it in a sort of a way, or are you trying to put your own stamp to them? Um, you know what? Like, it's, it's funny because like, we've been touring lately, and um, I go up there, I do my thing, and, and, and I, I went back and I listened to, to like, the records recently, and I was like, man, I don't sing that anything like that. <laughs> you know, because like, I, I, in, in my mind I was, but, you know, uh, I don't know. I, I kind of like just kind of made it my own in a way, and, and that's cool, you know. And, and this, the, I think the essence of the songs is still there, and, um, you know, um, I, I'd still try to bring the, the low end and the, and the range and all that stuff. Uh, but the songs are just so beautiful that I, I just, you know, I have to go up there and sing them, you know, and I don't really try to think about it too much. Do you got a favorite deep cut? Or hell, do you got a favorite back catalog song that you've really like just been oh, pumped to play? Yeah, I'm, I'm loving Glide. I'm loving Glide of the back catalog, yeah. Just because I, I love the, the falsetto part in the pre-chorus because you have to go to full voice to 
towards the end of it. So you have to make that transition from falsetto to full voice, you know, and it, that's a that's a tricky little thing to do. So uh, I, I, it's I love to I love to sing that song. It's, I love the tonality of the verses when it right when it hits and it comes in. You know, it's real cool yeah. uh, tonality that. I read that there's a documentary on the way. Oh yeah, I mean, there's always cameras around, so uh, I don't really know anything about that. You'd have to ask one of the other dudes about that. So uh, I've heard about it, but I don't know, really know what's up with it. Yeah, well, figure it's, if it's going to happen, I'll find out about it at some point. Yeah, no, I just didn't know if you know how far it went in. If it was just a past, or if your you know involvement in it too, telling you know the the story up till now. I mean, it's a it's if, a great if, story. If you, hear, if you hear anything, let me know. <laughs> I will, uh, Jeff. Again, I want to congratulate you on this. This is no easy feat for any artist to come in this position, and you really nailed it and knocked it out of the park. Thank you so much, Kyle. Appreciate it, man. All right. We'll see you. Right on. Right on, brother. Later. Jeff got there back from a uh, 2018 interview. And thanks to Robert DeLeo from Stone Temple Pilots. Again, the uh, 25th anniversary deluxe edition of Tiny Music Songs from the Vatican Gift Shop. Thanks to you as well for checking out this episode. Please hit that subscribe button so you can keep up with all the interviews that we put out every single week. Again, you can subscribe at any of your favorite podcast spots. That does include iTunes and Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Acast, Podchaser, NPR, or YouTube for the video versions. After that, head over to WFPK.org where I do a show Monday through Friday, 6 p.m. Eastern. An hour full of song premieres, music news, anniversary spins, bonus interviews, Monday through Friday, 6 p.m. Eastern at WFPK.org. Consequence has your music and film news. You can also find me on the social media spots, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all three of them, at Kyle Meredith. I do hope you like and follow along. Make sure to say hi when you do. That does it for another edition. I'm Kyle Meredith. I'll see you next time. Consequence Podcast Network. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Protect your dream home with American Family Insurance. And you can weather any storm. You'll also save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote. Find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin.